Good morning. Good morning. Just want to say thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. I loved worship. Man, that was so good. It was so good. The team is amazing and just the presence of God, you can feel him here. And so it's really an honor to be here, Pastor Lane and Becca. Like these are people who like my life is literally not the same because they're in it. And they have spoken truth and honored me and valued me and like just they're just amazing. So I hope that you're thankful that they're your pastors. And I just also want to honor Pastor Bonet as he's here too. Someone who, again, it's just, you know, we have people here who really love people. It's not about just attention or anything like that. They really want to impact people. And so we're just super blessed to have this type of leadership here at the church. And so today, um, you know, I do feel at home here, a part of the Life Church. Um, I do, but also because my husband and I, we used to live not too far. If y'all know Grandview, Texas, it's like the small little town off of 35 south of here, and we grew up here, so we would always come. I mean, you all have the best attractions and food and, and all the things, so we'd always come up here. So it feels like home. Um, today, I really do have a word that I really feel like the Lord has been putting on my heart me for a while now, and, uh, and that's just talking today about walking close with him. I mean, it's literally what we were put on this earth to do, is to walk with the Lord. Like, if we get anything right, at the end, it's when we meet Jesus. It's like, I walked with you. That's what I, I want to be able to say that I did. And so uh, let's go ahead and pray before we start, though, okay? God, just thank you so much for this opportunity, for your presence. God, it's your presence that changes us. It's your presence that draws us close to you. And so, Holy Spirit, we just yield to you. And we just say, have your way. Your words, God, I pray, be spoken. And we just open up our hearts and our minds to be expectant and to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so if I'm waking up every day with this realization that everything that I do, everything, every experience I encounter, every word that I say, every decision I make is affected from the condition of my heart, then I'm going to be very careful of what it looks like. I want my heart to be pure. I want my heart to be right. I want my heart to be humbled. But if you're like me, sometimes that's really hard because we're human. In humanity, this is where we struggle. Our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, they are constantly making decisions for us if we don't let it, right? And so for me, I just realize more and more my walk with God, not that I don't need him, but I need him more and more and more, that I need Jesus. I need God. If I, I just can't I, I'm going to tell you right now, like, I've tried. Like, I can be a perfectionist, and I want to get things right, and I want to, you know, make the right decisions and, and all of those things, but I just can't, I, I can't be perfect. I can't be good enough. I need Jesus. And the beautiful thing that I constantly just learn more and more of is that not only, like, Jesus wants me. Like, he wants us. We need him, but he wants us. You know, we look back to the disciples where, you know, he, he's coming to earth and he knows that he's going to leave this great work. And, and he says, come. He says, come follow me. And he points people out in a crowd and he says, come, follow me. And that invitation, it just, it still stands. You know, we have to come to this place that we recognize that we need a savior. 
We really do, and, and, and I hope that by the time we leave, everyone has, has done that, where we surrender our lives and say, Jesus, like, be Lord of my life. But it's, it doesn't end there, it begins. It starts there. Our journey with him, it starts there. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. And, and we are new creations, and there's a new way to live. There's a new way to live, and it's to be done close to him. I just keep hearing this word, like, all month, like, just close. And so I want to read today in Mark, if y'all want to turn with me. We're going to be in chapter 10, starting in verse 17. It's going to be up on the screen as well, and it says this. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony, defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. And I love this response. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and get to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Again, that invitation, come, follow me. At this, man, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? He had asked this rich young ruler to give up something. The thing that stood in the way of a close walk with him, come follow me. And he walked away sad. Then Peter spoke up. I'm going to move ahead to verse 28, but I I just want to pay attention to this too. It says, we have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters, mother, father, children, fields for me, and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. In the last verse, there's just a different way in the kingdom. He asked the rich young ruler to give something away, something that impeded, was, that he knew because he's God, would impede relationship. But he walked away rejected. And here's what I know and what the scripture tells us. It says that God is a jealous God. You know, God is so good, and he knows exactly what we need. Like, we can trust him with absolutely everything, and we don't need anything on this earth and in our life. No matter what our soul may tell us, we just don't need anything except for him, and that's really what he's wanting is that there's no other attachment. There's nothing that would hold us that would stand in the place between God and his creation. And I think back to Genesis after Adam and Eve sinned. And, And it says that they heard God and they hid because they were naked. And God in his mercy created garments, created a covering and it's a beautiful story, and there's so much to even unpack in that. But it wasn't still his original design, right? In the beginning, there was nothing standing between him and his creation. 
they were close. There was nothing standing in the way. And, and so then we laid out the, old, the whole Old Testament as we hear prophecy after prophecy waiting for the Messiah to come and to make things right and restore us back to the original intent and in Mark 15, 37, it says this is when Jesus was on the cross with a loud cry. Jesus breathed his last and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This curtain in the temple that again stood between God and his people. It was torn. It was gone. And there is now no more separation because God wants to be close. Jesus bore the sin, the sin that originated in the garden, it took it to the cross, paid the penalty for it, and now again, back to original design, we can be close. So the question is, where is our heart turned? Because something I'm also learning is proximity doesn't mean closeness. And the reason I know that is because I'm married. I've been married for 14 years, right? So I understand that being close does not necessarily mean that we're close in proximity. I mean, especially like the past like five, six years, because we now work together as well. And so we're together all the time. <laughs> like we wake up and we go to work and then we come home for lunch together and then we go back to work together and we come home and we raise kids together. But there is a notable difference and this isn't just in like marriage, this is just in relationships when your heart is turned towards one another, right? When there's like this, like, I'm kind of just surrendering my, my wants and my own needs, I'm putting you first, I'm loving you. There's something that feels different. And there are even times in relationships where it might be one or the other that has that, you know, that one, maybe one is a little bit more tender and the other one not. But here's what I love about the Father, is that his heart is always towards us. We never have to wonder if there's going to be reciprocation. His word says, come close. James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Jeremiah 29, you know, it talks, it says, if you will search for me with all my heart, you'll find me. It says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He will be found by us. Again, we don't have to wait for this reciprocation. We get to walk today. Because of what Jesus did, we just get to walk today. We get to, and right now in our seats and as we go about our day, we just get to be close. We get to spend time. We get to do that. And, and there's so many things that happen and there's no way to list them all. And I just have a few thoughts that I wanted to share today. But there's so many things that happen when we are walking close with the Lord that I just... I can't afford to miss out on anymore because I have. There's been so many times where I'm walking in my perfectionism and I'm just trying to get things right and I've missed out on this intimate relationship with the Lord. And like, has, have any, has anybody been there, right? Like we miss out and, and there's just so much that he has for us. And so just my first thought today is that walking close, it brings satisfaction. It brings this satisfaction to us, a true satisfaction that cannot be found anywhere else. And like I said, you know, we come to Jesus and we're new beings, but there's still this need for daily bread. There's still this need that every day that God has something for us. He has something, something that we truly need. 
You know, he created us with this free will to find him, right? This free will. And he says, I've put before you life and death, blessing and curse. And he's so good. He's like, just in case there's any misunderstanding, choose life. Like, choose life. It's going to be a good choice for you. But he gives us free will. And he also gives us, like, this longing inside for, for something that can only be found in him. And we hear it all the time. And maybe it's your story where... Someone is like, I found Jesus because I felt a void. I felt empty inside. I, I was searching for something more. I was searching for my purpose. God created us with this longing and this craving for him. And I, I was reading um, some Lisa Turkish books recently, and she talks about this craving in depth, and it really got me thinking because sometimes I put craving, like this idea of craving, like in this kind of bad category of my life because it gets me in trouble all the time. Um, kind of like with anger. Like I know that God kind of like made me to do this, but when I'm unhealthy, it doesn't feel like super helpful. Um, but he did. Like he created us to crave. It's an ability. And can I encourage you with that? It's an ability the word crave is just it's to feel a powerful desire for something. We get words like long and yearn, hunger and thirst, and you just don't have to teach us that. You did not have to teach me to crave chocolate. Like, I'm really good on it. Did it all on my own. But it's more than crave, you know. The hard part is that our soul gets involved with mind, will, and emotions, you know. And sometimes um, because of our own, like, we just make some soulish decisions that can cause them unhealth. And it's not just food. You know, I think food's the easiest one to relate to. But, I mean, it can be power. It can be recognition. It could be, it could be like, how many of us, like, have just spent a whole weekend binging, like, three seasons of some show that, like, was not even helpful to our walk with the Lord at all just because, like, we were stressed and we didn't go to the Lord first? You know, what are we craving it's that powerful desire. And when we powerfully desire something, it leads to action. It leads to change, right? God created us craven. It's a good thing because we have to have nourishment to survive. Like our physical bodies need food and water. So it's a very normal thing to crave. We need it to physically survive, but also to spiritually survive. We need living water. We need bread of life. We need nourishment every day. Again, daily bread every day. It should be a powerful desire that leads us to action. It leads us to being close with the Father. It, it takes us to the source. Just We see it in scripture. And these aren't going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read them out. 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek. The Amplified says, crave, require as a necessity my face and turn from their ways, then I will heal. I will heal their land. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh yearns for thee in a dry and weary land when there is no water. David again, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are we living aware every single day when we wake up that we are hungering and we are thirsting for something, that there's something there 
every single day that's trying to point us to the source of all fulfillment and of all nourishment. Because the temptation is, is if we're not really careful, we'll try to find that satisfaction somewhere else. Like from just like our flesh, like our own like desires and the enemy just constantly wanting to, to, to steer us away from intimacy with the Lord and just our culture. Like there's enough distraction. Sometimes I feel like the enemy doesn't even have to do as much work, right? Like there's so much distraction around us that constantly wants to get in the way of just like closeness. And so even just thinking back to the rich young ruler, and how there was just something, like, I just feel like Jesus knew in this moment. Like, here's, there's just this one thing still that I'm not sure you're going to give up for me. And it's like, is there something in our lives when we wake up that's getting in the way of a true satisfaction? Because when Peter said, we've given up everything for you, and, and even with the ruler, I love how it says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. This was a loving invitation to the ruler, right? Just give up because he says to Peter that like everything you've given up, you're going to get back a hundred times because he's that good. Because again, he's that good father. He's that jealous God because he knows exactly what we need. I love the story of Jim and Greg. And so, um, so Jim and Greg were neighbors and Jim was like so poor. He was so poor, but he was so peaceful. He was so happy and he slept so good at night, but then you had Greg, and he was the neighbor who had all the money, so much money. He was very wealthy, but he was very sad. He was very stressed all the time, and he did not sleep well at night, so we wanted to do something about it, and he decided, I'm going to do this good deed, and so he takes a bag of money, and he, t- he walks it over to Jim's house, and he says, here, and I just want to say that anybody is welcome to that. Could you imagine someone just walking up and giving you a bag of money? That would be great. Okay, so Jim's probably happy like I would be. And so he takes it inside his home, and he goes to bed that night. And, uh, and he realizes he just doesn't fall asleep right away. And he's tossing and turning, and he starts to worry about the money in the home. And he wonders if robbers will come and take it. And so he gets up, and he shuts all the windows, and he locks the door. And he goes back to bed, and it just didn't really help anything. He kept tossing and turning, and so the next morning... He packs it back up, he takes it over to Greg, and he says, thank you so much for your gesture, but it stole my peace, and it's not worth it. It's not worth it. When we're talking about satisfaction, the enemy has a counterfeit to what God has for you. He has a counterfeit nourishment. It's going to feel good for a moment, and we give in to it, but it, at the end of the night, like when you lay in bed, it just doesn't feel right, you know? It's just not quite the same. And sometimes it can start like a cycle, like this vicious cycle where we just kind of keep giving in to like temporal satisfaction and we need more and we need more. And the more we do it, the harder it is sometimes just to to turn back to the Lord. We get tired. And when we're tired, we become vulnerable to enemies' attacks even more. But God is so good. And he says again, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. There's a remedy that we have for this of just coming back to the Father for true nourishment. So we can do things like just sitting with the Lord. Sometimes I don't have the prayer to pray. I don't have the words to say. So I can just sit and say, Holy Spirit, 
would you just come and minister to me right now? Would you just come and love me right now? Sometimes I do get myself in a bind, and I'm like, it's been a while. It's been a while. I've, and this sounds so cheesy because I feel like it's the ultimate example, but I tell you, I scroll my phone. I scroll my phone, and instead of spending time with the Lord, I'll just sit there and I'll scroll my phone and just get some type of satisfaction from something new, something, oh, look at that cute house. Oh, look at those cute shoes. I need those shoes, right? And the Lord just says again, come follow me. Come spend time with me. And, and, and as much time as it would take sometimes to get satisfaction from something else, he can, he can reach us in a moment, in an instant. He can just bring our heart back into alignment like nothing. So we need to walk close with the Lord. It gives us hope for our future, you know? When we, we just had that satisfaction. Another thought is like when we're walking close, we experience transformation like we couldn't have somewhere else. And I, I don't mean transformation like Pastor Walt says this a lot when we're talking about our values of living the spirit-filled life, that this is not about behavior modification. Like I said at the beginning, there's nothing that I can do just to make my life right and make my heart right. You know, this is from spending time with the Lord, and he knows exactly what we need. He knows more than we know ourselves. He knows exactly what we need, and he can do anything in an instant, and it's not transformation, it really, it has to happen close. I mean, yes, there are amazing miraculous stories, and I believe that God can, and he's powerful, and he can change us in a, in a moment. I think of like Paul, you know, he's blinded. Okay, let's go. You know, you're changed forever, you know, but a lot of times, all these, we need constant heart tweaks. Are you like me? I need constant heart tweaks. It happens when I'm walking close with the Lord because it's a very personal thing because we are very personal to God. Transformation, it happens when our, our names are inserted into the story. I think of Zacchaeus. I mean, Jesus, here he is surrounded by a crowd and can you just imagine the crowds that followed him? Like, I just wonder even how, I don't know. I won't even go. I just don't even know how, like, it just happens. It was like a magnet or something. And, and he's in the midst of a crowd, and he's able to stop and say, Zacchaeus, come down. I am eating with you. Calls him by name. He comes down, and people are murmuring, you know, because that's what we do when our hearts, not guarding our hearts, our hearts, right, aren't quite right. And just because he called his name, he says, surrendered. He says, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. I'm going to pay back four times what I've stolen from people. His heart was transformed because his name was inserted into the story. Just like that. I think of the woman with the issue of blood and how, again, he's surrounded, Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. And she says, just if I can touch the hem of his garment. And in Mark, it says that as soon as she touched the edge of his robe, that she was instantly healed. And so I think it's interesting that Jesus stops. She was healed, right? But he stops and he goes, who touched my robe? Because he wanted to connect with her. Because it was about her. Not just what he could do for her, it was about her. He connected with her. He made sure. Because it says that she was fearful. He says, go in peace. Again, he, 
she thought she needed just the healing and he still had more for her. Because that's what happens when we are walking and talking with God. We think that we know what we need, but he still knows more. Isn't he so good? He's so good. It's personal to him. We know the story of the Samaritan woman, and I kind of I really wanted to share it in, in a certain way because we're talking about living water. It's a great example, but you know we have the story of, of Jesus who meets a Samaritan woman, and and uh, she walks away from her encounter with him completely changed. I want to read a little bit after that in John four in thirty nine verse thirty nine, and and so this is who they're talking about, the Samaritan woman who had encountered Jesus. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. So they heard the story of the woman, and then they went to the source. They went to Jesus, and it says they urged him, please stay, stay. Do you know how many stories are in the Bible how God changes his mind? How Jesus was planning to do something, but someone comes and just is like, no, please. And they beg him to spend time with him, and and he he did. Because again, we draw near, and he draws near to us. Verse 41. I'm going to go back to 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. And because of his word, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard it for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. When we have encounters with Jesus, when we transformational things happen in our hearts, and we can go from believing to knowing something. There's a lot of things that I believe in the Bible to be true, and I I mean, I know that they're true because I really believe in the word of God. But there's something different, again, when my name is inserted in the story and I experience something and I go from this, I, I believe it's true to, I know and you cannot talk me out of it. I feel that way about tithing. I feel that way about tithing. I remember, like, I grew up in church, went to ministry school, I believed it was true. Does God bless us? Yes. Is God's promises are true about our giving? Yes, I really believe it. But I have grown-up bills. <laughs> it was hard. I had a house. I had a car. You know, it's just, it changes things, right? It was like my, fa- my faith is being truly tested now. And we really struggled with it. I'll be really vulnerable. Like, we would tithe off and on. And we were on our way to St. Angelo because we didn't live there at the time because we lived in the beautiful DFW area. And... Uh, and I, we just brought it up. I brought it up to Brandon. We were talking, and I was like, we really need to make a hard decision about this. Like, do we really believe it? Like, if we believe it, that we should be operating, we should be living this out. And we did. We made a hard decision at that moment. We're tithers. And within, like, 24 to 48 hours, someone came and said, hey, can I buy you some new tires? And it wasn't necessarily the act, but I knew in that moment that God was like, yes, I see your faith, and I've got you. You can trust me with everything. You can't talk me out of it now. If you want to talk about tithing, I probably have more stories to tell you. I'm a huge proponent of tithing because God, it's just another way that we say, God, I trust you with everything. You're a jealous God for me because you know me, and you're a good father, and you take care of me, so I will give you everything. I will give you my time, and I will be close to you. 
with a rich young ruler, it was going to cost him something. But it, again, that counterfeit, it really, he really lost out in the long run because it cost him true treasure, real treasure of following Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, there are things that we do have to sacrifice. And usually our time, it's some time. It's surrendering, surrendering our wants and our desires. But again, that scripture, he gives us back a hundred times. And he's so good. And, and I've just, even recently, I've just started to experience a, just a new level of intimacy with God. And I'm literally, I don't even want anything else. If I leave here today and all I have is you, oh my gosh, that's literally all I could ever want because it's so good. It's so filling. We live in a reality here, again, that the veil is torn and everything is being restored to his original design where nothing is in between us. And um, would y'all just, can we just pray for a moment? Can we just pray? Would you just bow your heads with me? Because I just, I want to give this opportunity before we leave today to just be able to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Because I believe that every single person in this room, like he wants to go even deeper and even further into intimacy and relationship. And, and there's times that, like we, we mentioned earlier, that things might stand in the way. And, and maybe even as I spoke today, there was something that just stood out to you. And you're like, wow, I just, that's it. That's the treasure that the rich young ruler had that stood in his way that he felt like he couldn't give up. And maybe it's little things. And maybe the Holy Spirit is just leading us to become just more aware of our daily need and dependence that we really need to have on him. And so... If you would, just like, just take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Is there a lie that I've believed and maybe some counterfeit that enemies thrown my way, some counterfeit satisfaction and Lord, give us discernment. Holy Spirit, bring discernment. And I just encourage you just to surrender that to the Lord right now. Maybe it's just not waking up aware. And just ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit even now, just say, God, I ask that you would bring an awareness every day when I wake up. Just every day, how much I need you. In Proverbs 4.23, in the New King James, it says, to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. I love this word diligent here. Diligence, it, it means place of confinement, jail, prison. It's literally watching our hearts like we are watching a jail. I'm watching what comes in and what comes out. Who comes in and who comes out. Holy Spirit, help us keep our hearts right. Give us discernment to know each and every day. 
Give us wisdom to know how to keep our hearts right before you and keep our hearts turned towards you. Nothing standing in the way, no other attachments, but just us and our need and our want for you. And we just thank you so much for the reciprocation. God, we just thank you. And we just stand in faith right now. Not believing any lie that it's hard to find you. God, you said that we will, we will find you. That we will find you. So I just pray that each person, Lord, that we would just walk away, Lord, just more tenderhearted to you, Father God, and the things that you want to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, we're going to sing another song. I just encourage you, whether you stand or sit or kneel, just spend time with the Lord. Again, just let him to continue ministering to you. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's the best thing you'll ever do. It says, if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And believe that God raised him from the dead, that you'd be saved. And you can do that in your seats. There's going to be a prayer team coming up before the end of service as well. And they can pray with you through that. But thank you so much.